Amir Gewoicht, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about collaboration technology. We're chatting about what collaboration technology is, what business problems are solved by this technology, and what are the upcoming trends in this industry. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clear idea of how collaboration technology can make your business better. Um, I'm joined by Tins Lange, uh, sales manager for Mega Digital. Sales director. Sales director. <laughs> you see, words matter. Tins, welcome. Thank you, Yaku. Thanks for having me. So we always start the show by just giving us a little bit of a background of uh, you and I aren't uh, today's kids anymore. So uh, <laughs> how did you get in the industry? What are you doing? All those kind of things. Um, Yaku, I started in the IT industry via distribution years ago, um, straight after university and via connections, partnerships and helping out clients. I, I ended up at Amiga Digital from the distribution world. I, I was at Westcon. Um, and Amiga has been my home for about six years now. Wow. Is it that long? Yeah. I'm, word. I'm getting yeah. old. Uh, became a sales, the sales director for the business, uh, about two weeks into COVID. Um, <laughs> so it was a nice, a nice welcome into the sales world or, or leading a, a sales team. Um, and then, yeah, from there, just it went from strength to strength. The company's doing really well, uh, growing in terms of people, revenue, et cetera. So collaboration uh, industry has been good for us. And just before we go into, into sort of the discussion today, what, what does Omega do? So we purely focus on providing collaboration solutions through exceptional technology providers, solutions, and services. Okay, so very, very strong on the services side. Probably most of our business is services-based, um, and that's obviously why people are such a strong and very important component of it. Okay, fantastic. So we, uh, that actually leads perfectly into our, into our starting conversation. So, so what is collaboration technology? If you're standing next to the, to the briar, which I'm sure you've done many, many times, and you have to describe what it is that you do, what is collaboration technology? Well, it, it's anything that connects people, right? So any communication tool um, via technology. Obviously, technology is a strong point of it, and there are many pillars of this, but it's basically – getting the message across from one person to the next. And it not, it's not necessarily just video conferencing, for example. It could be in a room like this, you know, so that, you know, we, we provide tools in rooms like this without having to connect to a remote site, et cetera. But obviously it is basically a communication solution is what collaboration is. Um, and, and video conferencing is obviously a component of that. Um, and I yes. think um, I, we talk about it a lot where these sort of ubiquitous terms in our industry that is very confusing. So, I mean, I think these days, uh, you and I spoke now before we came in, I think people can perceive a Microsoft Teams call or a WebEx call to be video conferencing, but it's, it's a video call. It's not really that. So maybe can we talk around those different pillars that you spoke about um, from a collaboration technology perspective? Yes, yeah, so video conferencing for us as Amiga, um, it might be different for other systems integrators or customers, etc. but video conferencing falls into the UC space. Um, UC or unified collaboration or communication, uh, the traditional term for it, is something that you and I both have known for, for ages, you know, probably 20 years. Um, but we see video conferencing as part of UC, and UC on its own is a pillar, but also in UC is presence, for example, chat, um, almost a contact center feel to it, but 
there's an AV portion to it. So the pillars are UC, um, which includes VC. Then you've got AV, which is a normal room, just a normal audio-visual uh, side to collaborate, collaboration. So, so that's in a boardroom where you put down sort of TVs and microphones and stuff like auditoriums, that? Auditoriums, rooms, smaller rooms, you know, not dedicated bandwidth intensive video conferencing with high-res quality video, but small webcam maybe or smaller cameras or 180-degree cameras for a four-seater huddle space example um, is one of the examples. But, uh, you know, auditoriums is probably the best way of describing what AV is versus video conferencing where there's a full dedicated camera, big displays, um, near and far side to, you know, remote sites. So uh, can we talk about that? Because I think even I'm a little bit rusty when it comes to, to that. So so video conferencing, you typically would have a medium to large each corporate. Um, and let's say, for example, they've got a Joburg and a Cape Town office and, and they want, like you said, now high quality video conferencing, almost like a like a next-to-me type field yes. type scenario. An immersive, an immersive field is pretty much what we call it. So, yes, that's exactly it. So what we've tried to do is almost incorporate what people had felt during the COVID period, being locked down at home, being on video calls. Um, a lot of people didn't really switch on video. For us as a business, we enforce it for our staff because that's what video conferencing really is is to have a face-to-face experience similar to what you would have sitting around a table. Um, in a larger boardroom, for example, as you said it, and we deal predominantly with enterprise, 95% of our business is enterprise, you know, mm-hmm. the banks, the professional services, the auditors, etc. They also share content. So what we create is something similar to an, an experience from your laptop or your device um, in the fact that you can actually see a person Real life image, almost the same size. We try and create it as, as close as possible to a human interactive experience. And at the same time, sharing content at high resolution, you know, Excel spreadsheets or presentations, etc. So not necessarily just locally, but uh, abroad. So a lot of our clients actually have sea level execs living in the UK or in, you know, in the US, for example. So, and those meetings happen regularly. The experience is something that is obviously um, very much focused on the, on the visual side, but the audio is probably the thing where people miss out the most in terms of, you know, expenditure or, or the return on the investment. So we make sure that, that the audio, the visual, the entire experience from a video conferencing perspective is catered for. And that, and that's not a, it's not a easy exercise because I mean, I think we all have experience now where, um, in a, in a sort of the smaller, call it DIY type scenarios where, um, the size of the boardroom and the type, type of microphones that you have and all that type of stuff really, um, uh, is critical to how people, um, participate in a, in a meeting and, and how productive they are. Um, I think a lot of people, well, for me, uh, my wife and I always talk about it. Uh, it's the funniest thing. Even after all of this time, there's, there's still um, some meetings that, that I have, uh, online meetings that I have on a regular basis. I, I, I can't name those names because people work with me. But uh, it normally t- it takes 10 minutes for, for the meeting to start because everybody's like, can you hear me? I've got a drop off. I've got to come yes. back in. It's, it's like a – and yeah. then I go like – after all of this time, how can we still have a scenario where it, it still takes a bit? It's just, it's, it's a thing. And then, um, where, uh, oh, you, you unmute. Can you unmute? And then, 
oh, I can't hear you because of the microphone. So those things are actually quite important in, term, in terms of uh, making sure that you that you are productive as possible. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's exactly where the services component uh, from our business comes in. You know, good people and also the tools that we use. So, you know, the hardware components of the room and installing them properly obviously helps negate a lot of those issues. But things go wrong. And because of the software-based nature that AV and VC and all collabor- collaboration tools have moved to, it is it is an unstable environment to say the least, because there are <laughs> firmware upgrades, etc., and it gets pushed down from the vendors, the, the big vendors like a Microsoft, etc. Um, but we we obviously cater for that in terms of our services. So we we have a a product called Omega InCheck, which is a proactive monitoring tool of all AV equipment. So we can see what's online, what isn't online. Is the camera going on? So for example, we could we could run a, a proper meeting set up to start at 3 a.m. in the morning, even though there's no one in the room to make sure that all components work and it's a pretty much a one touch to dial when the when the exec walks into his room and he just wants to dial into a call with forty remote participants and a room full of people. That's gotta be a lot of pressure because uh those guys are always um very yeah. un- unreasonable. 100%. It must just it must just work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so so what are the, the typical uh problems that, that uh businesses have when it comes to this technology? Um and and I almost wanna Add another caveat to that. Uh, what are the typical mistakes that, that businesses make when they invest in this type of technology? Well, obviously, cost is always an issue. Um, fortunately, the products out there at the moment are all really good. And we cater best of breed products. Um, for so you'll clients. mix and match whatever you believe is the best? Uh, absolutely. And every single product or solution that we proposed to a customer had been through a forum in the organization. So we have got a team that does a commercial assessment, a technology assessment, local presence of a supplier or vendor, but then we also skill up. So it's a full investment. We skill up to the absolute highest level of that specific vendor or brand in, or program that, that they run um, to make sure that we can cater for anything. And that's what we propose to our clients. So they always ask for a or most in most cases, what would a Rolls Royce solution be versus something a bit smaller? And and you know both would cater, but I think the biggest um, I think think problem that arises post install is when a customer has obviously gone for a cheaper solution, not the best mic for that specific room, but also designing themselves. It is a very specialist um, field that we that we play in, um, and we love what we do. So that's all we do. Uh, mm. we, we've been approached to do many other things, but we've decided to stick to our roots. You know, AV integration, uh, AV VC or collaboration integration is what we do and we'll always stick to it. And that's, I think that's paid off for us. Um, we obviously know what we do in that field and we've got really clever people working for us. I think what a lot of people don't understand is the impact that the software based platform, um, has on a, a solution for hardware. Why is that? Was it different in the past? Was it was it all hardware in the past? Well, it was SIP versus now it's gone really, you know, AV over IP is a massive thing. But, you know, the Microsofts of the world and the Zooms and these guys, they actually run the platforms. That's actually what you use. You could have four different Just, just add Webex in there for my… And Webex. My Webex obviously is something – you're a Webex Cisco <laughs> fan, I know. But, yeah, Webex is definitely a player. We've got clients with thousands of Webex devices. 
that are still out in the field, and there's definitely a, a resurgence in terms of that. And, and in the past, AV, AV was almost like you, you would do a static install with hardware and hardware, as long as the hardware was working. Hard-coded, codex, etc. Now the codex disappearing. It's basically sitting in the camera or in the, the room bars or what they call them, you know, a, a video camera bar with speakers, camera, everything, codec, all in one piece. Sits below display, and that's that's where you go. Um, but yeah, the, you know, Webex, for example, the software-based um, solution that all the vendors, like a Microsoft, has. Uh, you know, cognitive collaboration was something that was was a trendy word a while ago, where you could literally sit in a meeting and it would have access to a person's LinkedIn profile, and you could actually see the resume of a person uh, you are communicating with. You know, and that's what see. what the software-based platform in AV has changed. Um, and that's, yeah. uh, that, that's not changing anytime soon. The, the market's decided the tech giants are basically dictating. Whatever gets added becomes the norm, you know. Yeah. So it just carries on. Like, you know, 100 meg fiber optic was the norm back then. Now it's 100, 100 gig fiber optic lines, yeah. for example. That's just a, an example. But everything that was new five years ago is now just standard. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think a big uh, – in our industry, a big mistake customers make is they go for a cheap display, um, which means it's it's closer to a TV than a professional uh, display. The difference is that the one is networkable, the other isn't. So we can monitor it. It can switch on by itself via sensors, etc., where a TV just can't. Uh, and it's got longevity to it. You know, these professional displays can run 24-7 for five years. I, I actually wanted to ask just ex- exactly that question now. So, I mean, with the software world moving so fast – the hardware is almost followed suit where yes. um, I was having a discussion with a, a customer yesterday where we, when we just talk about a normal IP telephone where customers think uh, it's like in the olden days when they had analog uh, deployments, that thing must sit on the desk for 20 years and I'm trying to explain to them it is just like a PC now. It's got a process and software in it and in two years' time it's going to be worthless because, uh, exactly. you know, the technology moves. So what is that uh, – what, what is the typical um, – Deployment time, if I can, or, or lifespan of a of a solution that you deploy today. Well, typically, I mean, once again, it's very much software reliant. So at the moment, uh, any solution now on a, in a Teams environment, for example, would be stable. It's going to be quite a long time before the software develops, so that the, the hardware physically needs to change. Okay. But SIP, for example, is something that's now starting to disappear very rapidly because because of the way that people dial in from a software-based platform. But five years is probably the norm. Um, and a five years in a technology space is a long time. It is a long time. But, you know, it's a visual thing. It's very tangible. There's a lot of our existing customer base that have rooms that uh, are nine years old, and they still work pretty well. With a tweak here or there, a new type of microphone, um, you know, you can get those rooms to be, you know, quite quite stable, and the quality is quite good. But with the new technology, it just changes changes the ball game. Um, it's uh, the ease of use, you know, and user adoption is is key for us. And people like the platforms, you know. So these rooms need to be as close as possible to what they experience from home. Okay, and then so you mentioned now that that it's it's uh, in the larger enterprises that you that you play. Um, but how would a business know if if this technology is going to work for them? Um, and if um, they're going to benefit from the technology? Well, if the need is there for regular communication, 
um, specifically for a smaller company if they and they have to do you know remote meetings etc that's definitely something that comes into play that's probably your mid-sized businesses where that need exists that need obviously exists for enterprises as well but when it comes to an enterprise they would need auditoriums massive multi-purpose rooms for training you know a lot of the law firms etc they've got a lot of interns uh, junior partners etc they need training so these rooms need a lot of equipment um, and there's a lot of new trends coming out in terms of what equipment needs to go in rooms like that to make the experience as seamless as possible and it, it makes an impression you know if you if you've got a, a nice fancy room with a lot of equipment and taking it, it does make a good impression hmm. and you don't want to sit in a room where the actual purpose of the room is to communicate but then you end up Having trouble to start a meeting, for example. <laughs> but, you know, small, smaller organizations, it depends on what the need is. But we see, we do see a lot of requirements for smaller companies with one or two boardrooms. And I just want to connect the two because I want to save a bit of money in terms of flying around, maybe on a weekly basis, maybe cut down trips to once a month, but then collaborate over VC because it's now just so much easier and the quality is so good. It literally feels like you're sitting in front of someone. So, so in a, in a, Greenfield scenario, uh, back to my standing around the bra example and you telling me what you're doing and I say, okay, but, but Tins, how, how would I know if I can use it in my business? What are the sort of questions that, that you'll ask, um, in order to say, okay, right, we can, there's a, there's a player or not? Well, if you, if you want to communicate data, present, so for example, a small company with you know, brokers, it's very easy to, Instead of driving around meeting clients like in the old days, you can literally hook up a, a VC call or an a MTR, a meet Microsoft Teams room, call from a small room. It looks professional, etc. But you have a meeting of a, of a client sitting at home, and you can present, and the tools are there, and you can bring your laptop or whatever you've got with the content and share it. It depends on what you want. If the communication tool needs to be there in terms of seeing one another, that's one thing. But also remember, these platforms aren't just visual. And audio, it could be audio as well. So, um, you know, a s- collaboration, the, I mean, the, maybe, maybe I should tell you what the five, five solutions or portfolio looks like in collaboration for mm. us as Omega Digital. Okay. Yeah. Is obviously you see, um, the UC element of it with chat, uh, presence, video conferencing, etc. But then there's AV as well, the auditoriums. We do a lot of digital signage, um, workspace management, which is key, but that's on premise, obviously. So what is that? That would mean parking booking, for example, or you book a delegate conference for a hundred people at your auditorium and your conference center, but then you, each individual can basically book what their preference is for lunch. Or Uh, you can do catering, for example, but also wayfinding. For example, in some of our customers' buildings, they've got up to 200 boardrooms. Eight floors, nine floors, and they named in, in various weird ways. Wayfinding is a way of, you know, either downloading an app as you walk into the concierge and you can find a room, for example, or you can find your, your desk for the day. A lot of the companies now have roaming desks, so oh. kiosks. Okay. You know, so you've got a, a little badge on there with a light saying it's green or red. You can sit there or not. But in most cases, our customers want their staff to book their seats for the next day. During COVID, obviously, that played a big role for, for tracing. So if a customer had staff sitting next to each other and one of them tested positive, they could notify six people around him, for example. Like make a alarm bell go off. 
Yeah, yeah quarantine <laughs> guy right there. Um, so, yeah, wayfinding is one of them. Um, but, you know, workspace management is a very important part of what we, we do. You know, it helps with the parking. So it notifies the, um, you know, the front reception desk that a customer has arrived for C-level exec and they'd notify them to come down and meet the client or meet them at the meeting room, etc. So, you know, that's wayfinding. And then the last one is telephony or voice. So we do, we do voice for clients, um, on a Teams platform or a, you can do it on any of these platforms. Yeah. Um, Cisco, et cetera. And it's a big cost saving, you know, so you do, you do save quite a lot of money. Um, if you move from the old analog even to digital, but to, to these software platform voice, uh, voice calls and, and, and systems. Um, so those are the five pillars, you know, there are, there are five of those solution portfolios that we focus on with the vendors inside of them and obviously the skill and, and services. So now you mentioned some, some, um, points there when you and I started speaking now. Um, how has the, the, the sort of industry changed or the requirements from business changed in the last, uh, we were, we were speaking now about lockdowns and that crazy time in the world that nobody knows what happened. Um, and and what is it looking like now? Is it is it because I I think it's not the same as it was two years ago. Well, I'll base it on what we see in our industry and what we we see. So you know, during that first year, um, it it was a little bit tough. I think we were very fortunate with a lot of clients actually seeing that we will be going back, and there were revamps to buildings, etc., upgrades needed, and some of our clients moved those um, process or. You know, those upgrades, et cetera, forward while there was no one in the office, um, which, you know, helped us a, a great deal. Um, it created revenue and business for us. Post lockdown or when everybody started coming back, I mean, we saw 30% return, for example, or, you know, departments being in the office where others had to stay at home at that specific time or during that day. That's now started to change. So, because so, sorry to interrupt, but because during lockdown, a lot of the large guys that that um, I was speaking to um, sort of reconfigured their, their workspaces where they had this yes. uh, hot desking type thing. And, well, they and, didn't and know, and everybody thought they're gonna just shrink uh, the office space to yes. to half the size and and save lots of money and all that type of stuff. And then when people started going back to work, it's like okay, now there's not enough space for everybody to sit, and nobody knows where they must sit. Well, I think it was fortunate for us. So in the first phase, when people started coming back in small dribs and drabs, workspace management was in, in, incredibly important for HR, for example. In terms of who sits where, how yeah. far away, et cetera, and who could be in the office, who's booked, can you book a, a kiosk for the day or a table, or can you actually go back to the office, are you allowed to? Then it moved to signage, you know, so a lot of people wanted to communicate the rules around COVID, you know, what do you do? Um, and then I think it started coming to a point where larger firms realized that productivity took a dip with people working from home, you know? So if you think about it, sitting at home, you have to work, you've got a fully booked diary, nothing is open. So you're going to work. Productivity should stay more or less like you want it to be as an employer. Mm. But then everything opened up and people were still allowed to work from home. But now he's not allowed or not, not forced to just be sitting at home. 
he can go and sit and work from anywhere. Yes. And then he could start doing anything because everything else was also open. You'd have to wear a mask, but you can, you've got freedom. And I think productivity started slipping then. Another reason why we saw a big return is people wanted to return. People are social oh. beings. They want to see each other. They want to sit in teams. They want to go back to the office. They want to go and have a beer with, you know, the rest of the credit card division, uh, at five. And that's also led to quite a big, um, investment in certain aspects, you know, fixed assets in terms of buildings, et cetera, revamping them. Not necessarily enterprise companies buying more, but upgrading what they've got and maybe leasing out quite a lot. So we've, we've got quite a few big companies that have seven floors and they lease out three of them to a different company. Okay. Everybody started scaling down a little bit. A big change for us has been the, the shape of the spaces that, that customers inquire huh? or require. So, you know, you've got your big exec rooms, you know, up to 40 seaters, massive rooms with a lot of equipment, multi-million rand projects, but a lot more small huddle spaces. So teams would come in, they'd book four hours of their teams, four different rooms, small rooms, four seaters, etc. bit of presentation, plug it in. And, and a lot of the workspace, the, the normal seating areas, got converted into small huddle spaces. We saw a lot of that. Okay. And that caters to a lot of new technology, like 180-degree cameras, uh, very very close to the display, um, but the far side could see everybody or, or can. Um, so there's quite a lot of that, that stuff that caters for the way that the AV deployment uh, industry has, has changed. Um, and then you mentioned something that's uh, and that's very near and dear to my heart um, around the the what happened and and people's productivity and all that type of stuff. And, uh, and in fact, I was I was having this exact conversation yesterday as well, where I said, um, you know, the um, uh, in the, in those crazy times where everybody was just sent home and said, okay, right, you've got a, you, you can do uh, uh, Microsoft Teams or Webex or Zoom or whatever it is, like you said. Um, and uh, in the first week or so, everybody was cameras on and it was so lacquer. It was all this new technology and then, and then eventually nobody switched on their cameras. When you ask a question, you've got to wait because the guy is obviously wasn't paying attention. He's doing, doing other things and all that type yeah. of stuff. Do, uh, in this collaboration technology space, how do, how do I as the, um, let's call it the, the, the guy that worries about the business, the, the, the CEO of the business know that this technology, that it is actually driving the, the productivity that, that I think it might. Because I think a lot of people thought that everybody was super busy and there was this meeting fatigue where people just were just sitting back to back. Yeah. And when you look at it uh, objectively, it's like, okay, guys, but it's impossible. You can't sit on back to back back to back meetings for 10 hours. It's, it's not productive. You yeah. must stop this nonsense or whatever or contain it and all that type of stuff. In in today's world, is, is that something that customers ask about and, and how would you measure or know about that? Strangely enough, they don't really ask. A lot of our customers, to be honest, have a preference to not switch on video for some reason. And you almost feel like it's not an engaging call. We as, uh, for example, every single staff member on a video call, because we do a lot of it, Yes. Um, we prefer face-to-face, even though we do collaboration solutions. Oh. We, we like going to see our clients and our vendors. Um, we enforce that if you're on a call, the video is on. So it's, it's, uh, it's mandatory in our organization. And I think while we've been doing it, we've seen a lot of clients do the same. 
So what happens a lot is when the customer actually, or when somebody else on the call responds and the video is off, they switch on video and then, and then talk. Yes. Which means they've probably been just quickly having lunch while they're sitting on a call because it's been back to back. But I think it's difficult to see what the real return is. There's definitely a big difference from having people being on the call because they, you know, they are, um, they're, they're giving the attention that is needed. And they make sure that, you know, obviously they look the part, they look like, you know, you look good, you feel good, and you, yes. you do good. Um, so that is one thing that we've enforced. And, uh, you know, I think that most people should be doing it because you've invested in the technology. It all obviously changes when you're sitting in a room that you've just paid a couple hundred thousand rand for. Yeah. Because it's going to be on. Correct. But there are ways where we can program that it's auto on, for example, auto dial in, um, automatic mute. <laughs> Um, one of the big things yeah. that we saw in Microsoft Teams was that you could mute somebody else talking. So I've heard so many stories of <laughs> kids muting their teachers during that <laughs> period. And, you know, that was, that was something that was, was quite funny. And I don't know why Microsoft did it like that, but I mean, it's fixed now. And, um, you can, you can pretty much do anything if you have the right programming skills, um, which is something that we have a lot of. We've got fantastic programmers. So a lot of the work gets done, put in, everything looks nice, but then the programming starts. And what you can do with programming on these solutions is, is phenomenal. And I mean, to me, uh, again, it comes back to that. Uh, uh, and we see it uh, and we talk about it a lot. Uh, the customers have to understand what they want to do. DIY typically ends up being buying cheap is buying expensive. Um, uh, and, and you must understand what you, what you expect out of, out of solution. And then, and then for me, that's where profession, the professionals come in because um, I mean, you guys, you do this on a daily basis and you, and you understand what the pitfalls are and you can tell a customer, yeah. don't do that because I've got 10 other customers that went down that road and this is what happened. So that's actually what you want to do is by engaging the, the professionals, you sort, you short, you learn from other people's mistakes. 100%. You know, so, and that's a tough thing because we probably walk into a, a space and show a customer's new room and all you can see is a panel to dial in from and, and, a, and you can hardly see the camera sometimes. Um, there's a lot that has to happen underneath the table, et cetera, to get something work in the same manner uh, because it's a bigger space. It's, yes. it's extra peripherals. There are microphones, speakers, uh, cameras that need to do auto tracking, different angles. Um, and that's what's normally uh, the difference between what we call a hang and bang, somebody that, that does his, his own thing, and, and they normally come back. You know, They do come back. Because the software is the element that they don't understand. And then that's been a very important part for us is being a specialist in Microsoft. So we're, we're a modern workspace partner for Microsoft, but we're also a Microsoft meeting room partner globally, one of 50, which means we work closely with Microsoft. We don't really necessarily buy Microsoft licensing, et cetera, because all our clients are, are enterprise, but we switch on for them. So we switch on users and that creates adoption. It opens up new licensing models for them or, or available licenses etc but what i think we did really well was we spent the first six months of COVID skilling up every single staff member in our organization to a microsoft level at that stage it was sky for business so we we called it right uh, and i think we that's that we got a bit lucky in terms of doing that because it was investment it, it, it wasn't free um, but fortunately we had people sitting around wanting to do something now the hang and bang guy who's going to do his underlying install, et cetera, is going to run into a pitfall on a software-based item. He's not going to understand why the microphone doesn't work. He's going to blame the hardware. And in most cases, it's not. It's the software. It's the way it's been programmed, huh. 100%. Yeah. There's all 
I mean, the technology in, in terms of what we do is, is just grand leaps and bounds. So, and you've got to stay on top of it. So now I want to, uh, we've had easy questions until now. Um, <laughs> let's, let's make it a bit more difficult. Um, let's talk, let's talk trends. Um, I, I remember, yeah, probably about five years ago. Um, I know some of the big talkers deployed these Cisco hologram type stuff that you went and it's, it was almost like a beam up Scotty where you could, it was like the person in Cape Town sitting next to you, you almost wanted to feel and touch them. But, uh, looking at the, the big vendors and the trends that, that's happening, what, what, what would you say? You've already alluded to some of that, which is interesting for me in terms of how, how larger corporates are, are sort of reimagining this idle spaces and, and agile teams. What, what's your predictions or, or what do you see what's happening in the industry? So what we're seeing at the moment is obviously the control on the so- from the software-based platform, um, you know, networking, etc. But now we see a lot of AV over IP, just making things quicker, sharper, faster, reliable um, in, on, from the network to the – because we plug into networks. Uh, we, we, we've, I mean, our rooms have 200 land points in certain cases. Um, wow. That's exactly. You know, every microphone, every AV over IP device, for example, they all need networking points. Um, a big thing that we're seeing at the moment is the move from, you know, just in standard boardrooms on a, you know, that needs, large, needs a large display to LED instead of the old projector way. Projectors are still around. I mean, the projectors are also moving in a direction at a rapid pace where, you know, the the the, the resolution is so high versus what you've seen in the past. But LED is definitely think something we see as a very big trend. Um, and then 21 by 9 aspect ratio screens to cater for things like Microsoft Front Row. For example, if you put teams in a Front Row uh, setup, you can do it manually or whatever. It, it gives you that aspect ratio. So it's a longer, wider screen, not as high, for example, but you know, 21 by 9 versus the normal 16 by 9. That's a big trend at the moment. Spatial audio, you know, ceiling microphones, that's something that's, you know, microphone arrays, um, voice lift in large rooms. It's, it's a trend at the moment. It's very expensive, but clients have, you know, in the enterprise space where we, where we mostly, uh, operate have seen the, have seen the benefit and the return on investment. What is that? that? What? So it basically means you're sitting 30 meters from me. I'm on the other side of the room, but as I speak, it, the speaker's actually Bring your voice towards me. Wow. In a way. Okay. Okay. And that takes a lot of programming and a lot of sensors, etc. You know, so speakers and cameras, etc., working together. Um, you know, smart tracking type of cameras where we're putting in a large boardroom. We'll have ten cameras, and it works in conjunction by programming with with the microphone. So who's talking? Which way they're facing? Facial recognition. So the camera would align with your eye line, for example, in in every aspect. And there's you know ten in a room, for example. Um, and then smaller rooms, like I said, which there are, you know, bountifuls at the moment being rolled out, I'm sure, throughout the industry and globally, um, 180-degree cameras. So, you know, they basically fit these camera uh, images to one image, which uh, the technology on that is phenomenal. And that's moved to 360-degree now oh. as well. So those, those options are out there. The use case for that is probably not as strong yet, but definitely for small idle spaces, 180 degree cameras. Um, but yeah, the biggest drive around the trends is obviously the software uh, controlling most of, most of what we do. And then you mentioned something now when we, just before we started, um, is there, is there a space or is there a requirement for cross uh, platform collaboration? 
Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, the one thing we've seen is people, I mean, you do what you, you use what you like. Um, there are multiple software based platforms and that's what AV or com- conferencing is now based on is what do you dial in from? And it could be Zoom, Webex, Google, um, Teams. Um, and we are seeing a, a, a trend to move towards a one, one solution that can dial into any of those platforms. At the moment, that's not readily available. I'd say that, you know, between brackets, because I think it is available, you know, uh, there is a vendor that's bringing that out and we've actually seen it. <clears throat> but in a live environment and stress tested, uh, you know, with a hundred rooms, um, on a software, de- you know, deployment, which has got the core sitting in one, you know, one central server or, or VM, we need to see how it works. So that's quite exciting to us. Um, and we're actually proposing a big solution for that at the moment. Um, with the help of the vendor, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know. But the, the, the beauty around something like that is, is in you that you, you don't have a technology lock or yes. a vendor lock, basic lock. Yeah, you're not locked if, if that is. It's quite encouraging to hear that that's mm-hmm. sort of coming, you know, so that means that the, it the was big always boys are playing. Because software is the platform. Correct. You know? yeah. So it's open API integration is, is basically what allows it. Not everybody or all vendors are allowing that. Obviously, they protect their own IP and designs and, you know, intellectual value. But the market will force them eventually, I think. I think it's happened, yeah. to be honest. You know, so uh, we've had inquiries to do a Zoom and a Teams room. That would mean two solutions. You know, you'd need a solution for each in a room, yes. which is going to be messy. And yeah, unfortunately, we walk away from that kind of stuff. And our clients obviously listen to us and they've gone one route. But this is something now that's that's up and coming. We, um, you know, and I'll be open with it. You know, Cisco gave us uh, one of these new devices. It's the first one in the country. We'll be stress <laughs> testing it, and we'll be we'll be tra- trying it. Um, you know, for the foreseeable future until we know we can do it. It shouldn't take too long. We've got very clever people in our business, and uh, yeah, we're quite excited about that. Okay, so uh, we had. Uh, I feel there's still a lot more that we need to chat about, but. Uh, Tom scored us. Um, as a as a closing remark, um, if somebody listens to this and and uh, I always talk about making it real, where do they start? Cons- consulting, get consultancy on it. Ask as many questions as possible. And I always say this to a client: take maintenance, take an SLA because these things it's a five year investment. Invest in it properly and make sure you get your return because the return could be rapid. Or it could be slower, but you'll get a return on these things. These uh, solutions that we provide, I mean, it's we see the need for it every day, and it changes the way customers do business. And it, and it leads to, you know, risk mitigation, for example. You can make fast decisions around whatever needs to happen in a business. It's worth the investment. Um, but, yeah, get consultancy, listen, and maybe do some research. But, yeah, just phone us. We do a lot of what we do is just – you know, our sales, sales cycles are up to eight months sometimes, two years in, in certain cases, because we stress test every single type of solution. And all we need to know is what the outcome should be, and we'll, we'll get you there in, you know, the most cost-effective way. Can you hear the experience talking there? Get it easily. <laughs> don't, don't spend money and then, uh, and then have the okay. stuff sitting there not working. You're not going to buy a very expensive car and not take out insurance on it. Exactly that. Teens, thank you very much. Thanks, um, Thanks for uh, it me. was lovely having you, and I think we're definitely going to circle back. Yeah. I, w- I was hoping we can hear about holograms and 
I don't know, being uh, space transported to Cape Town and all that, but maybe the next time when we speak. (laughs) Maybe next time. We'll be a lot older, I'm sure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com.